Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Oh, we got a lot to get into. Also, it is a new theme Thursday. More about that later on. NBA playoff review and the preview. The Warriors keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. We'll discuss that. Quinn Ewers, Heisman, odds. Jimbo Fisher had some comments that uh, he was the only one that found funny. We'll also get into the NFL schedule leaks. It is NFL schedule day, but it hadn't officially happened yet. That's later on tonight, but there are leaks all over the place. We'll get to those. The Texans extend Shaq Mason. Uh, DeMarvio and Overshone getting a lot of love from the NFL insiders. Also, good news for Suge. Y'all know him as Rojo. That's what he told us. He'd rather be known as Suge. We'll get into that coming up a little bit later on in the show. NFL news, notes, and nuggets. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for him it's a breeze. He is the Mike Hardball Harge. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on, brother? Man, I'm excited. We're getting closer to the weekend. I hope the rain kind of holds off. Texas baseball got a big weekend this weekend. High school playoffs start tonight in baseball. I mean, just so much happening around here, but we got to make sure that this weather. I'm excited a little bit for this uh, schedule release, dude, because I don't really get into it as much as everybody else because it's a kind of like okay, they still got to play the game. I don't care when it is. True that. But you want, and you've already know who's on your schedule because yes, you they do. already told you that. This is just the win. This is just it right here. Yeah. It's like okay, how does how does this happen? So I'm excited to find mm-hmm. out a little bit more about my Dallas Cowboys, who the big matchup, the mm-hmm. prime time. We already know a couple. That. We do we know a couple. couple. We do couple have a couple. Excited about the Cowboys. That's right. But let me talk about my man that sits across from me every single day. He hails from H Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Fame Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rob Babels. I appreciate the intro as always. I'm with you. I'm not I don't watch like the unveiling yeah. and the reveal show that happens for the NFL later on tonight. Uh, I'll probably more probably watch an NBA playoff basketball <laughs> exactly. more it's more so. But it's one of those things that some people are really into it. I am into it. Once the schedule is out, then I then like to get into it, it, analyze it, and break it down. But in terms of the reveal, uh, that and because you got all the leaks, which I think the NFL does on purpose because yeah. they want to bo- bogart and, and boss hog the headlines, which they're really sure. good at doing. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's like one of the NFL's unofficial holidays. They're really good about these things. Uh, let's not waste any time. Introduce the real MVP of the show. He is the hardest working member of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit. Period. We don't know what he's paid. We do know that he's underpaid. It's Patrick Davis, y'all. What's going on, Patrick? I'm doing good. And I'll tell you, as someone who's hosting a show tonight at eight o'clock on the Horn, oh. schedule is probably the biggest sports. Story in the history of time because the only one that we will be the breaking story of. breaking it down live <laughs> the only one that we get a break on this station break it down live it baby. comes out after we're off the air True that. and then uh we'll be able to talk about it exactly see for for everybody it, it has a different significance for everybody <laughs> out there but you're right i mean for the texans and for texans you know i don't right now the debate is whether the texans are going to even get a prime time game like it, will they get one yeah will they even get one prime time game i think they'll no, I don't think so. Yeah, they will. I think they do. You know, one? Yeah. It'll okay. be on Thursday. But that's mm. prime time. No. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, if we're just talking about time slots, they'll get a Thursday night game. Technically. Technically, yes. they'll get a Thursday night game. Technically. I like okay. that. That's one. Yeah, they, they get, hey, that's day one. That's day one. We talk about technicalities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the crazy part of it, the crazy part about that on the other uh, part of that spectrum, the antithesis is the Dallas Cowboys, who will get more primetime games than any team in the NFL because the NFL is America's favorite TV show, the most watched TV show in America. And the Dallas Cowboys are the biggest TV star on the biggest TV show in America. You can debate that all you want, but you go look at the most watched NFL games. Cowboys are usually three or four of the top five. And you look at most watched programs in, 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 in television in America, just domestically, it's usually 80 to 85 of them are NFL. Yeah. Games, and oh for maybe, sure. Maybe four college football games. I mean, it's, I think it's, let's, the last basic year was eighty two. Football 20, in twenty twenty two was eighty two, and I think it was four college, maybe five college football games. Football. That's where. That's what it is. Maybe it got to eighty seven yeah. total. Yeah. I, I, I'm way. curious. I'm curious to see uh, Denver Broncos and the AFC West, who got tons and tons last year because of the hype of. Russell, uh, Russell Wilson going there, and then the Raiders were going to be good, and that whole division was going to be good, and they had so many bad games on TV because of that, hey. that if they go, well, now Sean Payton's there, we got to buy back in or not. I'm curious to see how many they get. They'll, they'll give them some because there's curiosity. There is curiosity. Right? Because I'm, yeah. I'm curious, too. I'm like, man, i got to check this out with Sean Payton. So it's a new look, a new headline. But that's the Aaron Rodgers experiment this year. Because it worked out really when it was Matt Stafford going to the Rams. Yeah. They got a lot of love. I got. I haven't looked at the primetime games, but they get a lot of love. Tom Brady, that got a lot of love, right? The big free agency yep. quarterback yep. shift uh, move, wherever it is. And then they, they the only one that they really kind of whiffed on was the Russell Wilson? I was like, oh, I was going to say Denver, be, Denver ruined it. Yeah, but th- I think Aaron Rodgers they're gonna they're gonna go all in again. They're gonna give yeah. them a ton of primetime games because America wants to see it. Yes, even even if it's gonna be a, a crash and burn. I mean, I, I'll admit that Russell Wilson crash and burn was just ugly though. Usually a crash and burn, oh, but, is more but, no, but that. Sean Payton and Russell Wilson are hanging out at NBA games. They're, they're cool now. <laughs> I mean, did y'all? I don't know if we shared this amongst each other, but did y'all see the video of uh, Sean Payton? Uh, I the, what, did, at the game? Uh, no. The video of <laughs> no. Sean, Sean Payton taking a huge rip off of a uh, narcotic. Oh, it's in Denver, yeah. Yeah. But oh. somebody videotaped him yeah, and that, posted it. Yeah, and you could tell where, it was it was Where at, was I, he? Where I, I was it? At a, like a party. It was at like a party? Yeah, okay. and somebody had mm-hmm. the phone. And yeah, you could tell – you could tell it was being taped, though, because of the way that he was doing it. It wasn't one yeah. where it's like, hey, Rod, I got you, man. Yeah. I got you on this. No, this yeah. was I'm trying to be sneaky yeah. and send it out and then post it. Yeah, see, I didn't see that. Yeah, and you I'll send got, it to I mean, you. you be, you got to be careful. Yeah. Uh, if you, I mean, because, listen, essentially it's legal there. So it's the same thing as a coach being seen, ch- true, like basically taking a shots or, you know, deciding that he's going to take one to the head, whatever it may be. So yeah, it's yeah. just – it, we're just uncomfortable with it because we haven't seen it in a time. And I guarantee you, most head coaches, he's probably, right now, he's probably uncomfortable with that being out there. I'm yes. sure he did not approve of that. Um, but yeah, it is, it's legal. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, most coaches don't want to see, they don't want to see, they don't want to let the world see them in that manner. No, not at all. No, those guys get into a party, though, because Russell Wilson has to invite a lot of weird people because the teammates <laughs> won't show up to his party. So he's got to invite other people. Yeah, um, man, that's interesting. I didn't know yeah. that video was out oh, there. Yeah, it's it out. has not become big news yet either. Well, and I think because your your point was spot on. He's in Denver. 
Yeah, it's legal. Yeah, so legal. it's not like, but yeah. but the fact of the matter, and I'm sure he got to the bottom of this. Mm. The way that the video was was distributed, you could tell that it was somebody that was trying to be sneaky mm. to do it. And that's what I didn't like. Somebody yeah. is trying to sabotage you, something. Okay, is it different than I know it? It is, but since it's legal, you know when they have the base basketball games and they chug a beer. Right, like that's like a it's like a tradition, like you know. Sometimes it's like, oh no, you at the basketball game, and then you got a full right. beer, and then the crowd gets you hyped, and you go, all right, we're gonna chug the beer. Is it is it that much different? No, because I to I me, mean, it is I, a legal I think it, substance, I, and it is something that gets you intoxicated. Only adults can, you know, partake in this. It's it's so, so it's I don't know. I'm, I mean, maybe I'm a little too, too liberal. I've been in Austin too long. I don't no, know. I don't. I, no, I, no, I, no. I mean, your thought process is, right? is but on maybe, point. But we haven't seen it. What head coach have we seen? I've seen players do that. I've right. seen a head coach chug right. chug the beer. Oh no, we haven't seen. I haven't seen a coach do so that. Maybe, I've seen maybe, all the offensive linemen. Yeah, so I've seen quarterbacks. Quarterbacks do, do yeah. it. Yeah. So maybe for a coach, it's unbecoming, but it's still to me kind of in the same range. I agree. Yeah, but I, I, I did not, I'm about I've to not send seen it to that. y'all right uh, now. C- CB just sent it to us. Yeah, okay. I'm not, I'm CB just it. sent it to us. Yeah, yeah. it is. I mean, it's not, it, the more surprising part is it looks like he's like at a college apartment. Is <laughs> <laughs> what's weird about it? it well, but. it might be. Doesn't he have kids? I think he has yeah, kids or something like a that. College apartment. It does. Yes. <laughs> that's the, that. That's the real indictment. That's the real. Like, dude, who you hanging out with? And shout out to CB finding you? that so fast. Oh, CB Way to go, always man. finding fast, man. You can <laughs> yeah. put CB on, on any uh, task like Fact. that, and he'll get Shout it Shout out just come back and be like, I really like tobacco. Uh, <laughs> well, it could be. Yeah, what, what's it, is, that, is that would be, be more condemned now? What, to, uh, tobacco? If he was like, dude, are you really smoking that much tobacco? If you're smoking a straight-up cig, like old school oh, no, it's, cigarette. It's a, it's, a, it's a bong hit. I'm not, I'm not even saying, like, these days, yeah. you, you'd probably get more people that criticize you for just smoking a cigarette. Yeah. You just have, got to think, remember Obama had to stop smoking cigarettes. Yes. Yeah. Like, that, he used to love smoking a cig, and it was like, you got to stop smoking cigarettes, man. It's just, people don't like it. And yeah. It's unbecoming of the president. It's like, it's, it's a cig. Well, see, My head now, coach, when I was in high school, used to smoke cigs, at, like, during the game. I was like, going to say, like, halftime. Halftime, yeah. and of course, he'd go there. Yeah. Smoke a cig, and that was kind of how you relieve the stress. Doing that too. I mean, we had coaches when I was the Detroit Lions that would smoke uh, like the black and miles, like the um, oh man, and, oh it's man, the old school, old school, black well, like, and miles. Jim the, Leland used field. to smoke in the dugout. Yeah, the, so, the manager yeah. for for the Pittsburgh Pirates used to fire up heaters in the dugout, <laughs> just sitting there walking down the hall, and they tried to tell us we couldn't dip. <laughs> you know what well, I'm saying? I think they, they realized like as those unhealthy habits yeah, to agreed. be you know promoting within the game. But I I remember that. I, I'm, I'm to Patrick's point though. I mean these days. Hell, you'd get criticized heavily yeah. for just breaking out a cigarette. If you just start smoking right there, if you're smoking press a cigarette conference right after the game, yeah. you're outside, you start smoking a cigarette. People are like, what? what's going on? What are you on? doing? You're like, I had to one hitter. They're like, oh, okay, carry on. <laughs> 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 Seriously. Uh, all right, there you go. Uh, hard start at that topic, so blame my, him. My fault, my fault. <laughs> That's but I, I, just, I, I, I couldn't remember if I shared it with y'all you or just kept it. share that. That's interesting. No. I like no. that. Uh, that's a good topic. All right, maybe we'll dive deeper back into it because uh, I want to expect sex lines of people have already contributed which we appreciate all the time uh 512-337-3776 you can hit us up on the specs text line or via the twitterverse my man harge is at hardball harge any twitterverse uh patrick davis at it's patrick davis any twitterverse and i'm at rod babers in the twitterverse you can hit any of us up all right we'll get to the nfl schedule leaks uh top of the four o'clock we'll also get to some longhorn football discussion there are some uh, early heisman odds out uh so we'll get to that too coming up uh in the next segment and also get to jimbo fisher's comments because he's 
making the rounds too, just like the Texas Fight Tour. I believe the the A and M equivalent of that um, is also going on too. So, um, all right. Let's get to some NBA uh, discussion here, gentlemen. The uh, playoff review. Um, last night, the Warriors were able to keep hope alive um, and get a big win over the Lakers. I think we all figured this was the way it was going to go down. Um, the Warriors are a team with championship pedigree. Uh, they have championship DNA. They also are a team that's got a lot of pride. And we knew with this group, especially with Steph, now everything didn't go right for them, uh, but with Steph and company, they found a way to uh, pull out the win against the Lakers and uh, keep this thing going to a game six, even though it still looks pretty bleak uh, being down 3-2. Yeah, and, and it's real interesting when you start watching how the game is being brought down. And I appreciate the fact, too, that you brought up the pedigree of them being uh, champions and oh, yeah. knowing how to go about it. And there was the conversation that we had yesterday. Right. And, yeah. and the conversation that we had yesterday was can they reverse what LeBron did to them, where they can come da- from behind from three games and be able to come out and win it all. So this is something that everybody's kind of talking about mm-hmm. now and seeing if it can happen, especially with the dramatic injury to uh, Glass Davis. I mean, Anthony Davis. Uh, Hold on, you so you don't think it was a real head injury? Bro, how many times did you – have you seen the video? Like, I've, I've I watched it, it multiple he got, times. He got elbowed. I, he got hit by this. By the the forearm. Forearm. It wasn't an elbow. El, for, not the – it wasn't the – He walked – he came out of the stadium. The elbow. It was like the top of it, the – you just say, you're saying no elbow I'm not buying – All bottom of the forearm? Oh, my goodness. And the fact that he had to leave in a wheelchair – now I don't understand why that happened. Come on, man! Well, you know he was he was so dizzy because you That's know it. he was very dizzy due to the vicious blows. Yeah. by the Warriors, <laughs> dude. That was that. Listen, Looney's got a reputation for that too. He's right? his are sharp. He has his a reputation for dropping in elbows on people. Yeah, he throwed he, them bows. Uh, he he busted uh, Sabonis' eye open. Yes, yeah, on the John Ball the so other day on I, uh, it, first it, series. Uh, so I'm not saying that he did it on purpose. I'm not. I'm not going there. I'm just saying that he's done it before, and the man's got some some bows that do some damage. Now, has he been di- – was he diagnosed with a concussion? Do no, we know he this? Said, no, because no. – So he was not diagnosed and, with a concussion. And the reports are that sources around Anthony Davis say he's playing on game six. Oh, of course he is. Well, um, but if you have a concussion, that's not your decision. Exactly. Yeah. So that That's is, why they're that trying what, to run away from the, yeah. the concussion discussion. They're trying to get away. <laughs> but you from that. said it wasn't even a hard hit, so it, it was not a hard hit. So, I just I just tweeted it at you. So I'm gonna let everybody v- well, look at that. Pick, you got to pick a lane. Is it hard enough to be a concussion no. or not? No. Then he does. Then he's this is this is not theater. Then he actually doesn't have a concussion because it wasn't hard enough, and that's why he's gonna play. I gotta take my glasses off so I can see what I'm saying to you. <laughs> this dude is a great actor. Don't forget, he was in Space Jam too. He was. <laughs> he is trying to be a part of this. There's no reason for Anthony Davis to to actually fall to the ground like this. This goes back to the point of street clothes. This is the reason why people question his heart all the time. He is alternate days. That's what they call him too. Alternate days. He may play one game. He may not play the other one. It depends on what nicknames does he have. He is all of that, and none of them are complimentary. Zero. No, I mean his most complimentary one is the brow, and that's making fun of his eyebrows. Exactly. This guy. This guy. To me, he is the reason why people have questioned him throughout his career about his intensity and how he's supposed to be. Remember, he was supposed to take over the league. 
They were looking at him as that guy, and everything about him has been around injuries. Every single one of them, and that's why they're calling him Glass, Mister Glass. That's why they're Another calling him. That's why they're Ding. calling him. We should have a bell. What you call him? Have a new nickname. What you call him? Street clothes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this guy. He is, but he is the one that is going to make the difference for the Lakers. Yes, he is. He is, and and I'll tell you, I I was surprised he stayed in the game as long as he did, with how physical Draymond was guarding him. And they like know he was that one now. of those ones. If you go back, like there's points of games where I like watching certain matchups. And that was one you'd watch, and you were like, man, Draymond is getting away with murder over there. And big men do a lot, but he was basically turning him a lot and grabbing his arms and flipping him around and, do, and trying to do everything to throw him off of his game to where he would just, you know, because he knows that Anthony Davis has a reputation to when things get physical, start stepping further away from the basket and start playing a little bit lighter. And I'll give him credit, he didn't for most of this game, but it was, I think, at the end when the when the writing was on the wall – and he gets hit, he's like, you know what, let's sell this one and try and get some calls in game six because Steve Kerr won the battle of getting calls. That game definitely – Because he complained in the post game too. He complained in the post game. About them flopping. Flopping, yeah. and, and that worked because it the, the refereeing seemed to go more towards Golden State, that they were getting the free throw line plenty in this game, and the Lakers maybe weren't. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a terribly rough game, not by any stretch. It, but I think when we saw how Draymond played in this game and we saw Tom Izzo's there, if I'm if I'm Golden State, I fly Tom Izzo to every single game for the rest <laughs> yep. of the, the rest of the playoffs. <laughs> Cause he's clearly Draymond plays better when he's there. <laughs> and I think we saw we talked about it that that shot at the end of the game where he passed the ball back out instead of going back up over Schroeder. I think when they went to the film room, they were like, Draymond, you have to at least threaten offense. And early in this game, he threatened offense. It was getting layups and getting because they're just not guarding him because he mm-hmm. doesn't normally play. And so that took the it took a while for the Lakers to adjust to Draymond Green actually playing offense in this game and actually trying to score. And so we saw that that was a huge factor in it. But the the one problem for the Warriors is I'd like to say, man, you got you you got inside AD's head, whether physically or mentally, you got inside his head. But you still got to be able to hit threes if you're the Warriors, and they still shot terribly from yep. the three. Yep, it's amazing. Yeah, because I don't, Steph right now he actually is shooting his currently right now in the playoffs. Um, he's shooting thirty seven, I think like point one percent or something like that uh, for the playoffs, and he's never shot below thirty seven percent. Um, in the playoffs, uh, in the postseason period. I think 37.7 is the lowest, actually. So right now he's shooting the lowest from three-point range in the postseason uh, that he's ever shot. And this series particular, to Patrick's point, 35.8% uh, from three-point range. And even last series, he wasn't stellar. wasn't great last right. series. So uh, I don't know if it's father time. Uh, I don't know if it's just you know the focus on Steph and the other guys not pulling their weight. I think if you had uh, Clay Thompson being a more effective uh, second option, um, Jordan Poole was a more effective you know, creator playing his role, I do think it would help out Steph. But right now the burden may just be too immense. And I'm not, I'm not hating on Steph at all. Steph is amazing. Right now I think yep. Steph, he's leading the playoffs in points per game. Uh, he's at 30.3 points per game in the playoffs. So he's been phenomenal. But – 
uh, any leads. I think in, if you look at in threes and points, but still, uh, I think to Patrick's point, you got to get Clay and Jordan Poole. They were, they they were eight of twenty six. That is in game the, six combined. That yeah. is the biggest question that you got to continue to look at. And mm-hmm. you talked about it. You just said it. The biggest burden on Steph is I got to do this by Everything. myself and against a team like this who does have LeBron James on the other side, who, by the way, hadn't been playing great basketball himself when you start looking at his shooting percentages and how he's there. The numbers come up, but it's more in the volume Mm -hmm. situation. And then you factor in uh, Anthony Davis, who we don't know what his status is going to be. He says he's playing, but how effective is he going to be? Is this the game that is his alternate days uh, AD, alternate days, Davis, <laughs> is this where it's going to be? Ding. So you start sitting here and you're looking at it and you're looking at Steph and saying, okay, I do need help and who's going to be the one? To your point, Patrick, Draymond came out and was playing like a man possessed. Mm-hmm. He was come, He was going hard into the paint. He was making sure that you were attacking people. And that's what originally I thought was going to be the factor for LeBron James. I thought LeBron James was going to, to do that because his shot isn't falling from the outside and he can get into the paint, but he's not get, he's not even doing that. So to your point, Rod, you're right. It, it is going to be tough for Steph to carry that big burden of making sure that this team, because you're absolutely getting zero from Jordan Poole. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, we don't know what's going on with Jordan Poole, but Clay Thompson, I, I think, also a bigger mystery. Yes. You know, I mean, Clay's they, more consistent right, than issues. There's not a mystery. There is a mystery of why they're not fixing what they're doing. But Jordan Poole set up for a shot, set his feet, looked at the basket, and shot it. And it went right through the middle, right through the rim, nothing but net. And then the next shot he took, he was falling sideways Oh yeah, for no reason. Nobody was even close to him. No, and he's falling <laughs> sideways, and he misses it. And you go, I get you're good. Do you practice falling sideways shots? <laughs> do you practice them as much, if not more, than straight ahead shots? No, you don't, do you? Because it's a stupid shot to take. So in practice, you practice shooting how you shoot. So that's why that shot's not as effective. Why? Why? Why do you keep taking shots with your feet not set the way you want them to and spread out? Why do you keep not setting your feet? Why does Clay Thompson continue to try and move on the run? Clay Thompson has been bad at shooting, as scoring on the run his entire career. That was I, I couldn't stand him when he played in USA basketball and he kept trying to be a scorer instead of a shooter. Mm. Clay Thompson's a great shooter. He's not a great scorer. Yeah. And like there's a difference of those types of players. And he is one of the best shooters in NBA history. And every then he just gets in his head that he's a scorer, not a shooter, and he tries to move off the ball. And you're like, no, no, do what, what Steph is known for and run through three screens, come out the other side, you're open. That's a three-pointer all day. Yep. I don't know why they've gotten so far away from that. I don't know if the Lakers are just playing good enough defense that they're being able to continue to somehow bother them. But at some point, you just have to get back to the basics of you have two really, really good shooters trying to be scorers. Let them be shooters. Let other guys, let Wiggins, let Kaminga, let these other guys try and go be scorers, and you pass the ball back out when the defense collapses and then you get shooters. Yeah. Um, Knicks with a big win, 112-103, to keep their playoff hopes alive. Um, and uh, the impressive thing was Jalen Bronson. Uh, I mean, he, once again, 38 points in 48 minutes. Mm-hmm. Did not miss a – how about this? For uh, This is a great stat. Jalen Bronson played all 48 minutes through, and if you look at it, through game four, when the – 
when he was off the floor, the Knicks were outscored by 21 points in the 30 minutes that he was off the floor combined in game four. So I guess they decided, you know what, the only way to fix it is he plays every damn minute. Yeah, and I think he went over to Thibodeau and said, do not take me out of the game. (laughs) Because there was one point where he was looking to probably come out and they were waiting for him to tap. And he was like, nah, man, go sit down. I'm not coming out of this game. And if we're going to lose, I'm, I'm going to give it all that I have right here. And he went out there and played unbelievable basketball. I told you all the other day, one of my, my son's best friends is a huge Dallas Maverick fan. He has uh, season tickets, and he texted me yesterday. I miss him so much. Like, he means <laughs> so much. And and we underestimated. We saw it last year, what he was able to do when Luka was out. Remember, yeah. we were talking about it. I was like, man, how is he going to be able to do this when Luka gets back because of the ball dominance? Well, he's, tur- he's turned himself into one hell of a basketball Agreed. player, yeah. and now he's getting a chance to showcase it on the biggest and brightest stage in New York City for the Knicks. Now – I don't know if they're going to be able to keep this up because Jimmy Butler, if Jimmy Butler scores 25 points, they win. If they don't, they lose, and that's that, that's been documented. So when I look at what Jimmy Butler is capable of doing, it looked like last night they were like, all right, man, we're not even going to keep you in the game that long. We'll make sure that we're ready for when we get back to Miami. So I believe that they closed this out, but shout out to the Knicks for giving us a little bit of a fight. Yeah, Jalen Brunson, man. He was legit. Uh, and then the Knicks won this. And, and we'll also shout Kyle, Kyle Lowry's had a really good playoff yes, so far. Did not have a great game last night. That's another big fight because Jimmy 11. Butler played 43 minutes in that game. Yeah. He played a lot in that game, but he did not seem as effective as normal. Kyle Lowry really did not seem effective. So there may be some some tiredness that they didn't necessarily prepare for this game and rest up the way they needed to, whether it was just travel or whatever the situation was. They didn't look like they were at 100% physically in this game. Yeah, Knicks were way more aggressive, attempted 40 free throws, their highest total in any game this season, by the way, and they attempted twice as many free throws as the Miami Heat. Miami Heat are usually a more aggressive aggressive team, at least they have been in this series. They only had 19 uh, free throw attempts. Out-rebounded by 16 rebounds. Yeah. uh, That's a lot for a team without, you know, a big without huge big men when they have yeah. Bam out of bio on one team and you don't. Yeah. yeah. Knicks had 19 turnovers too. That's most of any team. team yeah. But uh, they the still find a way to get, get it done. Um, all right. Uh, we come back. We'll get into Quinn Ewers, Heisman odds. Jimbo Fisher made some comments uh, that he thought was really funny. Uh, and then we'll also get into uh, whether what Texas is doing with uh, Ron Holland's uh, letter of intent. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 149 Right here on 104.9 The Horn, it is a new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn based on the selections, the songs that are played by Patrick Harge and I supposed to gather clues that lead us to the new theme of the day. Um, got any 
Got any uh, ideas here, Harch? What a night? What a night. I don't know. I do remember having a discussion on this show about this song that and I think, Patrick, you told me that it's about losing his virginity. I don't. I think someone, one of our texters found this out. Really? That it was about losing his virginity. Yeah. Okay. Now, we had that it sounds like it was a good night. Well, what a night. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It sounds like it was a that's great one. That's, that's, that's not what the new theme is. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't know. That's all. Just trying to dig into the clues here. Okay, so that's not it. All right, Hard, you got no ideas either. All I right. have no idea. Okay. Well, is it the schedule release? It is. It is the schedule release. There oh, nice. There you go. Good job. Just a stab. Just Good do job. a stab, stab out there. Dark. Yeah. What all a the, night. All the songs. All right, well, this song is actually called December 1963. All the songs are date related. Okay. Uh, okay. So special dates. So dates, days of the week. That's they're all they're calendar related. Okay. Okay. All right. So is it the schedule release or cal- uh, dates and calendars? Well, no, no. But because of the schedule release, <laughs> we are the doing dates. Because okay. the schedule is dates. Okay. Got right. it. Get it. I got all it. Right. <laughs> all right. No, I, I get it. I get it. It's not. It's not a stretch at all. I no. get it. I, I know exactly what how, how you were inspired by that. All yeah. right. Uh, spec text line five one two three three seven three seven seven six. That's the number to the spec text line. Uh, you also can hit us up via Twitter. Harge is at Hardball. Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. All right. Let's talk about these high. Heisman odds from FanDuel. Uh, they have right now Queen Ewers with the fourth best odds based on these Heisman odds to win the Heisman. At plus 2,000, Harge. You like to uh, wager every now and then. I do. He is behind. I'm on, I'm on a break right now, but yes. He is behind, <laughs> uh, these odds have him behind Jaden Daniels of LSU, correct? Uh, Drake May. At plus, these are all plus 1,500. Drake May, uh, Jaden Daniels, and Sam Hartman. And Sam Hartman now at Notre Dame. Where's yeah, that? Yeah, Notre yeah, Dame, yeah, correct? Yeah, Transferred. Yeah. yeah, hard to keep up in the transfer market. You, it is very hard uh, to keep up. Drake May at North Carolina and Jaden Daniels is at LSU. And at plus 1,200, they got uh, Michael Penix Jr. along with Bo Nix mm-hmm. of Oregon. Uh, uh, Michael Penix Jr., Longhorn fans remember him from Washington. And Jordan Travis uh, plus 1,200. He is the Florida State quarterback, I believe, right? Yes, he is. So yeah. let me ask you this. And then Caleb Williams has the best odds at plus 500. So with that and going <laughs> through this list, and I love the fact <laughs> that we got our man K. Klubnik on there as well at plus 2,500. That's, that's <laughs> outstanding. I like that. But when you look at this list and you look at these quarterbacks and you look at the history of the Heisman Trophy ballot, it's been Archie Griffin is the last and only person to win two Heisman trophies. Back to back. Back back to back. And we also thought that Tim Tebow, we thought Tim Tebow, he was there. We thought he was going to get it. He ended up not winning it. I believe that was the year Sam Bradford got it, if I'm not mistaken, because it was Sam Bradford, Colt, and and, um, Tim Tebow there. So I'm wondering that. So when you start looking at this, how, how, what are you, I know it's plus 500. Do you truly believe that the voters, would give it to Caleb Williams. And the only way he would get it again is if his team makes it to the college football playoffs or the national championship game. Mm, yeah. or Because st- of the way to, you know, the way yeah. people vote. You basically have to be the best player on one of the best teams. Yes. That's what the Heisman Award is given to. It's not given to the best player in college football. All the time. It's given to the, most of the time, to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, but usually what's considered the quarterback or the best player on the best team. And, yeah, so I'm with you. They got to make a run. They got to win the Pac-12 uh, and be in the college football playoff discussion. Yeah. 
Same thing for Quinn Ewers, though. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so but I'm, getting back to that definition, yeah. if Quinn Ewers is going to be fourth best odds to win the Heisman, and um, it, he would have to be on a team that's winning a lot of games, that's in a championship conversation, and he'd have to be playing or be one of the reasons they're in that championship conversation. Yeah, so no doubt about it. But as you look at this, the and then look at this too. I mean, we're talking about this list. I know one of our texters is talking about um, uh, Bo Nix still being in, in college. Hey, man. But hey, man, mm. what's the name is still in college? Michael Penix Jr. is still in college. Uh, Frank Harris Frank is Harris. still in college. There's yeah. a dude at North Texas that's still in. Uh, that COVID year, man, it added. It JT added, Daniels is yeah. still in college. Between the COVID year and now the NCAA not wanting to fight any transfers or dispute any transfer waivers, guys just have pretty much free reign to go wherever they want. And they get an extra year. And here's a unique they're, story. They're taking the red shirt year, too, and the COVID year. I think yeah. JT Daniels has played against Texas his entire college career. I think he's played a game. Was against he at Rice Te- now? He's at Rice. Yeah, they're gonna play him in the first game. No doubt. I mean, <laughs> he played at West. He played at um, uh, USC. USC played him twice. Mm-hmm. Then he went to. I mean, he's been to every college, man. I mean, you're a talented five star quarterback. Did he go to Georgia for a while? He went to Georgia. Mm. And remember, he got beat out by. Uh, he got beat out by Jake Fromm. It's hard to keep up, man. They should do. They knew how to do these six degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> six degrees of JT Daniels. No man. doubt about it. it. No uh, doubt about but, it. No, I mean, I, I listen. I, I think there's a lot of. I, I saw CBS rankings. Tom Fornelli does their CBS quarterback rankings. Obviously, way too early. It's just going into projecting into 2023. He's got Quinn Ewers as his number three highest ranked quarterback in college football, behind Caleb Williams and Drake May. Yeah. Two guys we know are going to be drafted They're very high. high in the first round, unless you know an implosion happens by Drake May, but we don't see that really happening. Um, and if that happens, then his stock will drop. But they got him ahead of Michael Penix Jr. That's crazy. I mean, with Tom Fernando, this quarterback ring, they got him ahead of Sam Hartman. Like I said, they got him third on the list. So there are high expectations for Quinn Ewers this season. I think a lot of that is the faith people have in Sark as being a quarterback whisperer, quarterback nurturer, and honestly, what. What gives me a lot more confidence in Quinn Ewer's transformation or his evolution as a quarterback is something I heard Sark uh, say when uh, – shout out to my man Jeff Howe of Horns 24-7 because he's the one that dropped this audio to us, uh, Sark on the Texas Fight Tour. I think this was in San Antonio, and now they're making the rounds. I think they went to Dallas. Um, and, Patrick, you had this sound. This is from, We played it yesterday, but I this is my favorite piece of audio that I've heard – Sark uh, referenced the development and transformation from year one to year two with Quinn Ewers and why I'm optimistic. Here it is. Well, I think what the biggest thing is confidence in the system and in themselves, right? Um, you know, year one in our system is there's a lot of moving parts. And, you know, I think they can look really, really good in year one at times, especially when the primary reads are there and we call it right and, and we get that ideal coverage and the first or second guy in the progression is there to, to make those plays. Um, the challenge is when those aren't there and it's not the coverage that we want and now you're getting into your third, fourth, fifth in your progression, you have to start using your legs, you have to start changing the play, you have to start changing protections. Uh, and I think in year two, there's just such more of a comfort level in getting to those secondary type reads, getting to different plays, um, making those plays under duress because you can anticipate where people are going to be. And I think that's Quinn, That's where Quinn's at. I was talking about that earlier today that 
I just feel like there's a real sense of confidence. You know, I, I was joking with him during spring ball after one of the scrimmages. I said, how, how different was this year compared to last? And he, he kind of laughed. He goes, man, last year I felt like I was just surviving in spring ball. You know, it was practice number seven or whatever it was of, in a new system. Now he's had all of last year and winter conditioning. And now I just think there's a, a sense of comfort. Uh, and now it's more about having that rapport with the guys around him and knowing what the types of players that they are. Okay, so I think he's and I think he did a great job of kind of describing it in a well-rounded way. But I think he's talking about second reaction plays, operating off script, improvising, um, and being able to operate off schedule when you know your initial read's not there or when the play breaks down, which it initially will. It can will it can break down for a number of reasons because there are eleven guys that have to do other job and all of them got to be perfect. And trust me, all of them are not perfect at at, at any given time on any given down. So it can be a breakdown in pass protection, uh, receiver not running the right route, great play by the defense, maybe just a great coverage, great call, and you need the player to you know, don't be a robot, all right? <laughs> be coachable, but don't be a robot. Go out there and be a football player and make a play. And I think now he's describing some of that uh, about Quinn Ewers now and his evolution as a player because players can look really robotic. I thought Quinn, uh, Hudson Card in 2021 was really robotic. Remember how in, indecisive he was and he looked like he was making, he was he was rattled in the pocket, didn't have great poise, and looked at him in 2022 and he was much less robotic. Uh, he was coachable, but he was much less robotic and he was able to make plays off schedule. That's half of football. Right. That's mo- most uh, a lot of football. Being an athlete, it's just it's, it's off schedule. What do you do when the play breaks down, or when you have to kind of abandon some of your technique and your fundamentals and and operate on instinct? And some guys have a lot more than others. Uh, Bill Walsh, the late great Bill Walsh, was once asked about. And this comes from Jim Harbaugh. I remember reading uh, Jim Harbaugh's quote about this. He said. Um, that I spent time with Bill Walsh before he passed away during my first year at Stanford, and I asked him one day, what do you look for in a quarterback? And he said, athletic instincts. I asked Bill Walsh what he meant by that, and he said it means he's the best athlete in the entire high school. He could go uh, make the basketball team, at least be the sixth man. He could go play soccer or swim. Um, he could field balls, center field. He could be a shortstop. Uh, he could probably play switch, uh, switch, uh, be a switch man in baseball as well. He said, uh, just like Joe Montana, you need instinctive, spontaneous. This, this, this is how you know he's just a brilliant man. An instinctive, spontaneous, natural response to situations that develop in games. That's what he describes. Go be an athlete. An instinctive, spontaneous, natural response to situations that develop in games. To me, that's just the great man describing operating off schedule. And, you know, it's the it quality. We describe it as the it quality, right? It's hard to quantify what the it quality is. That's what he's talking about. That's the it quality. And you got to be able to see it because sometimes it's really hard to define it. I think that's what Sark is describing now in situations he's observing with Quinn Ewers. Got to do it in the games, but at least you got you got to still got to be able to uh, develop a baseline for it in practice. Well, that's the conversation that you and I have had numerous times behind the scenes talking about what we see from the quarterback position. I've talked about it the entire time. You can't go out there and be robotic once the play is called and it's snapped. You have to go out there and make plays. Be athletic. Get out of the pocket. Extend plays. Mm-hmm. Hit the man. Make a read. Do whatever it takes to diagnose and dissect the play and make something positive happen. For so many years, we had guys that were in this position that they didn't want to be athletes. They wanted to be robotic. 
Now we've got people out there talking about this. Yes, he's, he definitely does not want to see a running quarterback. I don't want my quarterbacks to run, but I do need my quarterbacks to sometimes improvise. And if you can get out there and extend a play, whether you're extending it to, to run or you're extending it to make a throw down the field, you have to be an athlete and just take over. It's, 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 it's okay. Every read is not going to be a perfect read, but if you find out something that's positive in it and find out how you got to that point, it's a lot different. I I couldn't agree more, and that's something that you and I talked about a long time ago. It's like sometimes these guys just look like they're they're wanting to make the right play instead of making a play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or make the perfect play. The perfect play. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm with you. You get to go. So I I think that's what – at least that's my interpretation of what Sark was talking about. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I'm not the only one who, who's expecting big things out of Quinn Ewers. No, the nation is speaking. Yeah, yeah you know? exactly. Well, the, the identity of this offense is going to revolve around Quinn Ewers' Hugely. ability to basically evolve his game to becoming an elite quarterback and becoming a quarterback that can reach his ceiling. And his ceiling, right. we all know the, the ratings, the recruiting ratings, his ceiling is supposed to be a ceiling that as high as a – Projects as high as to be an NFL first round quarterback. First round, mid, mid first round. That's what. Yeah. The, that's his ceiling. I'm not saying he's yeah. going to get there, but right. that is the hope. That's the upside. Uh, okay, let's talk about the Aggies just for a second because um, Jimbo Fisher he is making his rounds. Uh, they have their their version of the Texas Fight Tour. They're going around, and um, he made a comment about TCU and the uh, culture of the Big Twelve compared to the SEC. Mm-hmm. He said, "Quote." They stayed healthy, referring to TCU, quote, they stayed healthy. They had a lot of experience. They got to where they've got to get to. <laughs> and then when they got to the SEC, it changed, didn't it? When they got to the SEC, it changed. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Um, so I guess he's you know, talking a little trash about the Big 12 and TCU. But they TCU, I mean, like I said, I, I still think TCU was probably one of the better teams in the country. Exactly. They just ran into a, a juggernaut. <laughs> and they were uh, dealing with some injuries, too, they did. during that game. They were dealing so, with some injuries. Yeah. Uh, but they got I, to the mountaintop. They just got kicked off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, when you have the record that the Aggies did, when you underachieved to that extent, you probably shouldn't be taking shots. No. And I know it, he, they, they said he did it in jest. You, you don't jest uh, when you haven't won yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you can't, you can't, you can't be the one in there making those jokes if you have struggled yourself. You know what I'm saying? It's like it, that's why everybody in the place was like, "Huh?" Yeah, it didn't get the response. I think yeah, you wanted. exactly. Yeah, because no one there cares. If, like, hey, man, just because you you made the SEC. That's your national championship? Exactly. Being in the SEC? Because they made it to a national championship where we would like to be. Exactly. So uh, maybe move us back to Big 12 if that's how we can get there. <laughs> exactly. Because if you're telling me I can be in the SEC or in a national championship, I don't care what conference we're in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, even for this offseason, Longhorn stopped taking shots at, at Horn Frogs. Like, right. No, not, yeah. not this offseason. No. You, you good. We good <laughs> right now. We good. We good right now. We'll, we'll wait to next season. No because, doubt. Uh, uh, yeah, the Aggies uh, went five and seven. Dropped five of their seven one-possession games. Uh, and the Horn Frogs, of course, as we know, competed for uh, the national title. All right. Uh, we come back. We'll get into the flex on the other side. Right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to put the Horn.
Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. New theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick plays jams. That uh, should lead us to the theme of the day. Harge actually got it with the first hint on the first song today. Uh, the schedule release of the NFL, which is happening later today, inspired Patrick to think about songs that referred to or are about dates or significant dates or times or whatever. Yeah, like this is Saturday in the Park. There you go. I like that. Yes. Dates, times, uh, different days of the week, all that kind of stuff. Uh, months could be in there too, whatever. Yep. Uh, a certain year could be in there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my man Patrick always uh, working hard. We appreciate appreciate his creativity all the time. All right, let's get to the flex here. FLXATX.com. FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. Uh, go check out the uh, website because yesterday's flex with the flex crew is up there. We appreciate them as well. My man Zach Lucero, Nolan the Seed, uh, Cameron, those guys working really hard for the Flex crew. So uh, that was a great Flex last night. If you yeah. missed any part of it, you can go check it out. They got the replay up there for you at flxatx.com. Yeah, last night they had on Coach Vieira of the oh, yeah, you, Georgetown. Because yeah. you know every damn body. Yeah, you co- know Coach too. I do know yes. Coach Vieira. Um, his, his brother is now just <laughs> recently named the head basketball coach over at Hyde Park on the women's side. Great family, great friends, and they're they're chasing their dreams again, trying to get to the state championship game. Also, uh, baseball playoffs start tonight all over this area. So if you want to go out and check out a baseball game, there's definitely some, some places you can go and check it out tonight. I like that. Uh, speaking of baseball, I like this texter. So far, this theme also falls into songs played when returning from commercials during Texas baseball games category. Ah, <laughs> nice. Great That point is there. true. I'm sure Craig Way would appreciate that. Who picks yeah. all those songs? It, it just whoever it's definitely is Craig. Craig Way. Yes. Craig Way. Oh, Craig Way has picked all these songs. That is a view into the uh, the Craig Way music snobbery. And Craig Way, yeah. I think he's a music snob. He won't admit he's a music snob, but... He's kind of a music snob. He definitely is a music snob. But in a fun way. He's not going to tease you about your ignorance, but he is a music snob. Because we've all done the music survey with his Craig music Way. survey, that's, that's his right. thing. Yeah, that's you right. go. I and, loved uh, it. That was uh, good. I, that was fun. It really was fun. I hope he brings it back. I thought he was going to bring it back in the offseason. I hope Craig Way, uh, he's a busy man. Yeah. I mean, Craig Way's got a lot of stuff, but the music survey was really fun, selfishly hey, for all of us. And you know, he's not in his offseason because he is still working Texas baseball. Three four days a week. That's yeah, right. I know. So he is he is not in his off season yet. But yeah. this is the slowest time for him. Oh no, no, we got it. we've got this summer summer Te- when college is out. I guess you're right. When college is out before we get to <sighs> football. Yep. That is that is the point where we're at our we're the slowest we get, and then it picks back up in like two months. Uh, and Craig Way deserves his time off. Yeah, he does. And he he does. Likes goes. He and his beautiful wife. They'll go like hiking through the mountains or something. Yeah. Like that. He said he always goes back to North Carolina. He goes like backpacking yeah, sometimes yeah. back to North Carolina. Love it. Uh, and yeah. He'll go to visit random diners and on drive-ins yeah. and dives and stuff like that. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. Craig Way, our Renaissance man. Uh, but uh, yeah, go check out the Flex flxatx.com, flxatx on all of your social media platforms. All right, gentlemen, let's get out early so we can get out early. <laughs> Uh, Let's get out so that we can uh, get into the uh, the schedule leak on the other side because that today is one of the biggest headlines. Of course, the schedule release, the unveiling, the reveal will be later tonight. So tomorrow we'll have all the details. But, yes, there are plenty of leaks to discuss. We'll do that. uh, Hold on one second. Uh Shout out to Lake Travis traveling to Dallas tomorrow to try to win consecutive state championships in lacrosse. So shout out to them Uh, as well. Shout out. Go get it. Go get it. The flex is all about shout out. There it is. There you go. Uh, it's a flex. It's, it's a flex. <laughs> All right, we'll come right back. This is Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn.